On episode 24 of the Goblin Trash Masters, we discussed the whole fucking Pinkerton thing, Minecraft as a method to avoid legal liability, and Tim Curry being too goddamn sexy. I'm Kyle, joined by my partner in crime, Anthony. Say hello, Anthony. Slime beneath me, slime up above. Ooh, you'll love my toxic love. Uh, alright, let's, let's talk some trash? <laughs> I'm back. It's been two weeks now. Two weeks from hell. The king of Gondor, my little baby boy, Aragorn, hurt his paw. And it's been a fucking ordeal. And I'm very happy to be back and talk about just random nonsense with you. Random nonsense is my favorite. And boy, howdy. (laughs) Do we have some nonsense this week? Oh, yeah. So for those that are living under a rock, the fucking Pinkertons got called to see some magic cards. We're a bit late to the party on this one, but we had to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, we have to talk about it. Also, I feel like everyone's take so far has been pretty reactionary and has been like very YouTube reaction content a la 2018. I think in conversations, there are a lot of people that like don't know the context of why this is so bad. Part one. What happened? Yeah, and to everybody's credit, too, like most everybody thought this was a meme when they saw an article where the Pinkertons came and seized product from this guy. It's just something that I didn't really expect to hear when this happened or just I forgot that they even existed or were still a thing. It was shocking in many ways that like we have to talk about the Pinkertons and Magic the Gathering cards. Just to explain the situation for everyone, Dan Cannon, a YouTuber with at the time at a small channel, and received an amount of sealed product for the unreleased set, or now released, but at the time it was the unreleased set. It was Aftermath, March of the Machines Aftermath. And he opened it on camera, and he uploaded to YouTube, and the floodgates opened. Like, the whole set was leaked pretty much in that video, and Wizards of the Coast went into action and called the cops. Worse. <laughs> worse than the cops. Worse than the, like, and that's me saying it, worse than the cops. Oh, it's bad. <laughs> yeah. Part two, but really, what happened? But really, what happened? But really, what happened? No one with half of a brain actually believes that this guy didn't know what was up. Like, no way. Absolutely not. (laughs) There's there's no way. There's no, oh, the graphic design and the font was like the same and I didn't see that. Come on. He absolutely knew what he was doing. He bought four grand worth of product. That's more than a dollar per subscriber that he had on YouTube. I don't think so. Yeah, no, I'm calling BS. Like there, there's a lot of red flags going up, but yeah, look at the time. He probably thought this is sweet. Leak the set, get a lot of views. And then I'm not on the pro tour. Like I'm not playing competitive magic. If they ban me from the DCI for two years or whatever the Guillaume Wafatapa ban was, then yeah, the new Phyrexia sheet or whatever the fuck that was. Yeah, yeah. Do I believe he is lying about specifically that? Yeah, of course. Like, obviously. Yeah, he's Um, never going to tell the truth either. We're not a court of law. Yeah. The burden Mm -hmm. of proof is whatever the fuck I feel it is for my opinion on the matter. Oh, yeah. But I think in this situation, for me, this is actually the last time, the one and only part of this that I'm going to be like, yeah, he's very obviously lying. And of course he is, because who knows what legal 
troubles await this man following up with this, yeah. right? Because if there's one thing we're going to learn about the Pinkertons today, you can't believe a fucking word they say. What? are Really? They seem so nice, though, Anthony. Yeah. Like, So we know based on what he said and what Watsy said, there were enough similarities to say these are the undisputed things that happened. Both people agreed that he paid money for the product. Both parties agreed that they tried to contact Dan Cannon by phone. And both parties agreed that he did not answer. Now, he says it was because it was un an unrecognized number. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Everybody does it. Like, oh, I think it's spam. But yeah. he should have known something was up. They both agree that the Pinkerton Detective Agency showed up at Cannon's home to retrieve the cards and request that the videos were taken down. Those were things that based on happened. both sides they both could be lying for opposite reasons but i don't have any reason to believe that's the case it just seems very much like both groups have differing stories about what happened but the commonality is that through line right there and canon also claims that the agents were threatening and aggressive uh watsy definitely denies that but given the pinkerton's long and storied history which we'll do a brief uh thing on to let everybody know brief tm Brief TM, Anthony might uh, do long form essay and we know how much he loves that. There's a very strong chance that they were threatening and aggressive. They're not just going like knocking on the door like, hi, we're here to seize your goods. We're definitely not going to be mean. <laughs> yeah. So I think the incident does give us some insight into the fact that we've learned that this is not the first time that Pinkertons have been called by Watsi to protect unreleased set secrets, right? Because the first time was the... um was Ixalan, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. It was Ixalan. What was going on with that? I don't remember. It was the foil sheet, a stolen foil sheet from Ixalan. Like oh. When, when that was in standard. That's right. Like right before that release, somebody had just actually stolen a foil sheet from the printer and tried mm -hmm. to sell it to an LGS. And the LGS was like <laughs> real narky about it. That's some crackhead shit. Like, <laughs> I respect crackhead energy. <laughs> but yeah, the new Phyrexia Wafotapa, like, whole set leak that was a whole different thing the pinkertons yeah. weren't called for that not think. to our knowledge but we know that <laughs> a they have been called before because the shop the neutral lgs in this situation confirmed that a the pinkertons did show up to interview them after they called watsi to report that the stolen sheep tried to be sold at their store and b the pinkerton agent that was there said that this was a thing that they had done for Watsi before. Mm. That this was a not incredibly rare occurrence that their company would be involved in trying to recover uh, leaked information, at least leaked physical representations of cards. Now, There's a whole other story with digital stuff, too. Yeah, that's the toothpaste. That's the toothpaste fallacy. Once that's out, you're not getting that back in the tube of toothpaste. Yeah. Which, interestingly enough, was a very heavy-handed metaphor that was used in my Catholic school upbringing for virginity. It, like, is the toothpaste cum? That is where I went. <laughs> I was just like, oh my god, why would you get a male yeast infection? And they're like, no, Anthony, stop it. No, not that. It's a metaphor. It's a metaphor. <laughs> it's a metaphor for once you let your virginity out into the world, you can't put it back into the tube. And I was just like, why would you want to put it back into the tube? That's how you'd get a yeast infection. And then they politely asked me <laughs> to leave the health class. 
And to use a phallic object as the metaphor, like for something about sex when you're not like, oh my God, it's so dumb. <laughs> yeah, welcome to high school. Here's a nun to talk to you about wieners. Hope it's not awkward for you. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's like an early 2000s metalcore song. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, the Pinkertons' long and storied history. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> Part three, the Pinkertons' long and storied history. All right, hold up. Lighten a cigarette because I'm going to fucking need it. All right. Listen. Listen up. So the Pinkertons began as a private detective agency in antebellum Chicago before the Civil War. And they gained some notoriety after they were hired by Abraham Lincoln to spy on the Confederacy. Great. I love it when people fuck with slave owners. Like, that's yeah, awesome. awesome. I'm just like, Great. Am, am I a Pinkerton stan? After the war, not so much. They turned mm -hmm. their sights to an easier and more profitable target. Organized labor. Fun. Makes me not so much a Pinkerton stan. Yeah, uh, fuck them. <laughs> yeah. During this period of operation, the agency focused on strike breaking measures such as the murder of nine steelworkers during the homestead strike of 1892 the people that watsi decided were the best people the most delicate people to handle release unintentional release almost certainly on their part of information mm -hmm. it was just a group that's most famous for just murdering a bunch of people yeah to see something as stupid as magic cards. Now, the Homestead Strike was not the first time that the government-funded private company used intimidation and eventually violent force to enforce the will of the ruling class at the expense of the working class, but it was the first time that they were so thoroughly routed that the government had to intervene and send the National Guard in to save their asses, which was beautiful. At the time, uh, it was Pennsylvania governor, and enforcer of Carnegie business interests, Robert Pattinson, notably different from the similar-sounding Robert Pattinson of Twilight fame, Henry Clay Frick, the industrialist appointed by Carnegie to oversee his operations, had withdrawn recognition of the workers' union, ramped up production quotas in order to outlast what he felt was going to turn into a worker strike, and eventually attempted to lock the union members out of their workplace in an attempt to undermine support for the union publicly. Basically, they wanted to, Carnegie, in spite of being very publicly pro-union, had decided that in this specific case that he was not going to be pro-union. And that's likely because the union was so well supported in the town that their demands had to be taken seriously. They couldn't be functionally ignored. Mm -hmm. um, because at the end of the day, if you have enough support behind any worker movement, the ruling class is going to push back against it yeah. because they mm -hmm. are fighting for opposite interests. Correct. The government intervention in the Homestead strike did take a little bit of time as Pinkerton agents, after failing to take the town of Homestead under cover of darkness, they showed up on boats at four in the morning with the plan to just get into the steel mill and physically remove anybody that was there and separate people from their families and lock people away from their own private tools that they owned and things like that. They did, however, fail spectacularly. And although it's argued who shot first, I don't think it matters for me because I don't think it matters who shoots first when somebody shows up uninvited at four in the morning and breaks in. Obviously, in my house, it's a different story. Usually when people show up uninvited at four in the morning, I'd just make them a drink or something like that. Yeah, you just vibe with them. But again... I've had quite a few <laughs> random people show up at my house in the middle of the night. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah, it's great. In this case, it's not so great. <laughs> in this case, it was not so great. 
Now, eventually, they decided to hole up in the steel mill, and they were functionally under siege. They had no food, and they were stuck there, and they had no water. They had, they had to exist for nearly six hours in the conditions that the union members were expected to work for eight hours mm -hmm. at a time. Oh, except all of the machinery was off, so it was significantly less boiling hot in there. So it was much nicer. Yes. Um, like, this is awful. <laughs> this is awful. Now, the, the government was eventually sent to intervene. Uh, before the government arrived, the Pinkerton agents did try to literally wave a white flag and surrender, at which point the public in the town didn't want to do that. They wanted to do, they wanted to do a, a bunch of murders. They wanted to kill them all. Which, I mean, at this point, mind you, in the resulting firefight, mm -hmm. nine citizens of this town have been just killed. Yeah. And again, nine citizens of this town were killed because this invading army showed up by boat, like by tugboat. They were not even in the engine running. They were trying to sneak in at 4 a.m. Many members of the public, however, even especially outside of the town, saw this resistance and didn't kind of get the full context and generally believed that the union members were instigators in this case and mm -hmm. public support outside of homestead actually really waned pretty badly and eventually broke but only after an attempted assassination by new york based anarchist and generally based human being alexander berkman tried to kill frick got him and his girlfriend teamed up thalia and the gitrog monster style and we're like we'll put the cap in this capitalist love to see it <laughs> you love to see it. Unfortunately, the assassination failed and public opinion started to break against the strikers. Mm -hmm. And as soon as we'll discuss, as soon as um, a corporation can mistreat you and it not cost them money, they will do so. Yeah, they're just going to do it. Mm -hmm. Hands down. Part four. This has something to do with magic, right? So this has something to do with magic. This is a magic podcast, so yes. <laughs> okay, we'll get there. Don't worry. We'll get there eventually. Yeah, yeah. Worry a little bit, but like, seriously, nah, don't worry. It's cool. It's cool. Be cool, man. Be cool. Be cool, man. Okay. <laughs> you a cop? You got to tell me if you a cop. <laughs> <laughs> you a Pinkerton? I got a white flag and a letter to your wife that says you were very brave. It's important to understand that the purpose that the Pinkerton agency uh, serves and more importantly, who they serve, right? Mm -hmm. The Pinkertons have always and continue to this day to exist solely to protect the business interests of the ruling class, primarily focusing on the ability to, with violence, tip the scales in negotiation in their favor against the working class. Now, mm -hmm. in this situation, I would consider Dan Cannon to be a member of the working class. The, the two were not operating on the same even footing. It's Situated. not a, yeah, it's yeah. not a fair fight. Hasbro threatening legal action against Dan Cannon is very different than Dan Cannon threatening legal action against Hasbro. Yes. In this situation, there's a wealthy few, and in most situations like this, there's wealthy few that hold the means of production while the vast majority of the working class just sell their labor to those who hold those means. The labor itself is worth more than workers are paid. This is zero sum and owners are making a profit. The extra money has to come from somewhere, right? They buy materials for what they're worth. They sell the products for what they're worth. In this scenario, there are a few commodities being exchanged. The materials, the product, the labor, and the money itself. 
Okay. Currency exists as a commodity whose sole purpose is to facilitate the exchange of other commodities. I'm going to take a breath before I lose folks. Okay. <laughs> it's important to understand this distinction because currency exists as a wild card commodity. That is a commodity that can be exchanged for any other commodity. And that creates an opportunity for exploitation and hoarding where there wouldn't be one before. Let's say you stockpile a bunch of blenders, right? Like you just have you have a lot of fucking blenders, okay? Great job. You did it. You're the blender king. Yeah, you're the blender king, undisputed. You might be able to trade that blender for a mop, or you could trade 30,000 blenders for a new house. But who the fuck needs that many blenders? Who, who needs that many things? Like, it's too much. And who decides how much a blender is worth without a, a mm -hmm. wild card commodity in the middle, mm -hmm. right? Maybe that blender is worth one mop, or maybe it's worth two mops or maybe it's worth a mop a house a horse and an original recording of the end of the world by skeeter davis hand pressed onto vinyl by the nepo babies of record executives culturally appropriating the culture of having a job listen i don't set the prices <laughs> at the end of the day though stockpiling blenders doesn't do much for you you no. have an incentive if you have a million blenders to find people who want blenders and get those blenders to them but we're not as a global population facing a crisis because Elmo Muskrat has too many blenders. The issue, the main issue with a wild card commodity like currency is that you know that it can be used to get a blender later or a horse or a house or an original recording of the end of the world by Skeeter Davis hand pressed onto vinyl by Nepo Babies. But here we are and there is an incentive to hoard wealth and that wealth is hoarded via exploitation. Remember the profit that these business owners are making? That money has to come from somewhere, right? If you assume that they're buying materials for what they're worth and they're selling their products for what they're worth and they're making a profit, where, pray tell, is the profit coming from? It's the difference between the material at the beginning of the process and the product at the end of the process. And who is it that turns the material into the product? It's the laborer. It's the laborer the, is the, workers, the one that, yeah. yeah. They're the ones that turn 10 cents worth of steel into a fridge door that's worth 50 bucks as a part. Are they paid $50 per fridge door? Of course not. No. Right. Mm -hmm. That is where the profit comes in for the ownership in this situation. Right now, historically, the person that is making dollars per fridge door likes to hire agencies like the Pinkertons and for decades, almost exclusively the Pinkertons to protect them. They're making $30, $40 per fridge door by taking the 10 cents, paying a little bit for labor and then selling it at 50. They're making that money that way. Those people are the ones that hire the Pinkertons to protect them against the ones that are making 50, 60, 70 fridge doors per hour and then getting paid whatever their hourly rate is. Yeah. Spoiler alert, it's not good. There are those that would suggest that any amount Besides the total difference between the resource and the product, that any amount that's less than that is naturally exploitation. And that concept would, by definition, I believe, make you a communist, which, like, go off, gang. Love yeah. it. Yeah. But a lot of people are somewhere in between pay them $3 an hour and profit $800 an hour from that $3 an hour you're paying. And if the difference between those products is $800 an hour, the worker should be making $800 an hour. People exist on all, all points ends. of yeah, that yeah. spectrum. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
overwhelmingly the population falls in the middle of that spectrum. They'll find a certain degree of exploitation and consider that as acceptable. But beyond a certain point, simply owning the means by which things can be produced isn't enough to justify especially heinous behaviors. And honestly, the old-timey solution was simply to kick down the factory owner's door and beat them to death in front of their family. Yeah, it's just that's the old school way to do it. In Minecraft or whatever you're supposed to say. Don't beat down the bourgeoisie's door and then beat them to death in front of their camera. Oh, fuck. They can't see me winking. Don't do it in front of the camera. Just go to another room. Don't do it. Don't do it. Labor laws and consumer protections are the compromise. Now, Mm -hmm. in a truly like neolib fashion, and I think most people listening kind of fall somewhere on that spectrum. Basically, the entire U.S. political system falls somewhere on that neoliberal spectrum, right? Mm -hmm. This idea that things like this bad behavior is punished in the free market. Okay. Mm -hmm. The issue here is that we have to acknowledge that we are existing in a world without the monoculture anymore. We don't have it. It doesn't, it no longer exists. Do you remember? I think the best example I can think of for the monocultures, do you remember TRL? Total Request Live, the MTV show? Mm -hmm. Basically, if you were on that show, Fucking everybody below the age of 28 knew who you were. Yeah, it was the it had all the eyes on it back in the day. And that's what I mean by the monoculture, right? There was one unifying pillar of culture that was hard to break into. But if you did, you guaranteed that everybody saw you. Mm -hmm. But the landscape drastically changed with the impact of social media, right? Social media made the monocultures break up into distinct and like a food sensitive child's plate nothing was touching <laughs> right everything was separated mm-hmm. from the little triangles <laughs> yes your metalcore people did not interact with your new york hip-hop people your new york hip-hop people did not interact with your la hip-hop people there was like a little bit of there sometimes people would jump around between a few different things but usually they found that they were the intersection between those things and they didn't mm-hmm. really know a whole lot of people that also were. And in that situation, you've got to acknowledge that something being a huge deal in one subculture is never, no matter if it hits the top possible reaches of that subculture, is never in a million years going to make it outside of that to a bunch of other subcultures, right? So it's, it's a very good point. I like that. Yeah. The Weird dudes, the ones that have to send a letter whenever they move into a new neighborhood oh, okay. that <laughs> that collect historical battleship stuff. Oh, that's yeah. Oh, my God. Ooh, very creepy. <laughs> yeah. No, sweetie, we're going to wait. I'm going to drive you to school today. Frank's out on his porch. <laughs> if he asks you B7, do not respond. Run. Run. <laughs> and God no, forbid but- he says I sank your battleship. But imagine that community of hardcore battleship board game collectors. They'd like directly interact with Hasbro, right? Like they give a shit. It's very likely that that subculture will never hear about the abuses that are occurring in another subculture. And because all of these cultures are so fragmented and divided, there's really no way that any of these corporations can truly experience PR damning enough to hurt them. Oh, yeah. They will really feel no repercussions. 
Yeah, of course. And this is where neoliberal thought falls apart. And like mm -hmm. you could say it's just because the monoculture doesn't exist anymore. But I'm going to be totally honest. The monoculture did not do a great job when we had it. And it's even worse now, right? Yeah. There will be no consequences for Wizards of the Coast for acting like this. No. They could have sent a cease and desist letter. They could have set up a meeting with the guy and offered to buy the product back. Um, maybe call him a second fucking time. Yeah. Watsy will still make money. And even though I view them as having a pretty morally tarnished reputation, they are their own means of production. Magic is not an open source game. It's just them. It's just them. There is no alternative for us to go to and say, I'm going to buy this product from you instead of you. Now, Magic has the secondary market, and I've breathlessly barked about markets long enough to, but just long, the long story short on that is that if you are buying on the secondary market, you are indirectly yeah. supporting the primary market. Be real, okay? You go far enough down the chain, Watsy. Uh, yeah, if you go far enough up the chain, that's where Watsi is. Watsi sells to distributors. Distributors sell to sell LGSs. LGSs. LGSs sell to us. <laughs> us or backpack vendors. Mm -hmm. um, backpack vendors crack it, trade it, sell it on TCG Player, which is an aggregated marketplace. And then you buy it from TCG Player. Mm -hmm. And in that situation, you're the farthest down line. By the time you buy something in that chain, backpack grinder, LGS, distributor and watsy have already made their goddamn money they made a for the record of it. yeah yeah when all of this happened it doesn't and it doesn't matter if everybody unanimously even if we're in this monoculture and everyone is super on the same page fuck watsy fuck march of the machines aftermath i'm not buying a goddamn pack of it watsy's insulated from it yeah they've already sold every fucking bit of that product and with boycotts, too, with big companies like this, it's I feel like with culture, too, even in subcultures like this, there's a group of people who go, no, we're going to boycott. We're going to give tell people about it, spread awareness. It lasts for a week to a month and then right back into the cycle. People are going to be upset about this with the Pinkertons and Watsy and just be like, this is a terrible thing. I'm going to boycott this. The next set comes out. They're like, oh, shit, this is getting reprinted. And they forget all about it. Because at the end of the day, there are people that believe in this neoliberal fantasy, right? That there can be consequences for these people because it behooves everyone in power to let people believe that there can be consequences, right? Because nobody likes to be ruled by a completely unaccountable ruling class, but that's what this is. Yeah, We have to understand that there is no action that an individual or group can take that punishes Watsi for this. And besides kicking down their front door and beating them to death in front of their family. In Minecraft, yes. In o Minecraft. O only in Minecraft. Yeah. But it's just that one thing where I'll quote George Car Carlin because he said it perfectly. And he, it was the bit where he's talking about the American dream where you have to be asleep to believe it because... That's what the same thing with consequences for these big corporations. No, there'll be consequences. It's like that, that that's a dream, hun. Like it's not going to happen. They are insulated from all of this stuff. They have, they have their own fucking police force basically to shield them from the whatever backlash, big or small. And they're fine. 
Watsi will be fine after this. That does not change the fact that what they did was fucked up. This is awful. And it seems like there's nothing that can happen, doom and gloom, but it's just more of realizing the situation. Yeah. That is our society. It sucks, but you brushing it under the rug or doing that whole thing, we're like, no, we'll get, we'll make it better because of this and that. It's just, call it what it is. It sucks. Is there something like a, is there like an end in sight or is there greener pastures or an end to like all this evil? Depends on who you read. Depending on whose theory you read, I think it was Mark specifically believed that the revolution would be inevitable. I'm personally of the opinion that um, it's not inevitable. I'd go so far as to say that the point at which there could be a realignment between the power held by the bourgeoisie and the proletariat has long since passed. And we get to exist in the fast cooling embers of a dying world. Yeah. Just wa watching it burn up, watching it catch flames. In yeah, some cases, quite literally. <laughs> yeah. Listen, have fun. Do MDMA yeah. in Minecraft. <laughs> in Minecraft. Everything we say, only in Minecraft. Yeah, only in Minecraft. Listen, just enjoy yourself. Understand, there is no ethical consumption. No, it's so hard to purchase anything without exploiting someone. Because like, we talked tough. about it. You're buying from the backpack grinder. You are paying Watsy. You buy a piece of chicken from Walmart. Your money yeah. has gone. <laughs> somebody. Sorry, bud. Somebody like, has done something horrible. It's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's exhausting and it's mind spinning because it's supposed to be exhausting and it's supposed to be mm -hmm. mind spinning because if you flood the zone with shit as the member of the ruling class, you can do anything. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I think is absolutely beautiful about all of this. It is the it's the cool side of this shitty pillow. Right. <laughs> is that no one cares. You are socially and cosmically insignificant. You can do whatever the fuck you want. You can just walk into a Wendy's and just start making yourself a burger. I shit. I love birds are free. You can just take birds, them home. Birds are free. You can just take them. I've got 12 birds at home. Yes. And they're all named Jerry. Every one of them. Every single did one. I ever, <laughs> Kyle, did I ever tell you about the Jerry Springer period of my career? No. Also, Jerry All Springer right. died. I don't think that's true. No, he died. He was really sick. <laughs> he gone, Anthony. I don't think that's true. Okay, he's alive with Tupac and Elvis in the, the CIA bunker. <laughs> Have I been saying Springer this whole time? Yes. Okay, what did sorry. You, what did you mean? I'm talking about the Jerry Seinfeld period. Oh my god, come on. They're not they both start with S, I guess, but damn. No, Jerry Seinfeld is very much alive in. Unfortunately. Also, Jerry Seinfeld makes a lot more sense. I wish people would in Minecraft him. Why? He's pretty shitty. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Alright, sorry. Jerry Seinfeld. So there's a stretch of time. Or Jerry Seinfeld, not as a comedian, obviously, but just as a person. For a stretch of time, that was just the funniest thing in the world. Not like his mm -hmm. comedy. No, just reminding each other that Jerry Seinfeld existed. You remember Jerry Seinfeld? Mostly, a bunch of us just got Jerry Seinfeld tattoos. What? Yeah, but they were the most hideous, monstrous transformations <laughs> of his face 
make his face the length of your forearm kind of deal. My Jerry Seinfeld tattoo was so bad that I did have to have it removed. Oh, you got to tell me what it was, though. It was just Jerry Seinfeld's face. Stretched out or just a normal portrait? Monstrous Jerry Seinfeld. Like bad acid trip, Jerry Seinfeld shows up and starts talking to you? Mm -hmm, Oh, mm -hmm. my God. If you know how I don't take Benadryl anymore because I owe the hat man money and I do not want to see him. (laughs) Yes. Yes, I do. It was Jerry Seinfeld if he were the hat man. Oh, yeah. No, no one should see that. That's bad. All right. That's real spooky and not the fun kind. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, Jerry Seinfeld (laughs) was a was an interesting was an interesting stretch of time. Um, the whole Jerry Seinfeld squad, if they did like end of a comedy while music is playing freeze frame during mm-hmm. the credits, mm-hmm. like up life update. I where think, are they now? Where are they now? That whole crew is just dead in jail, dead in jail, um, got fired from the water park. Now he's in jail, deported, 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 deported um, on a Magic the Gathering podcast. That's. I'd watch that movie if that's the ending. We did play a lot of cards, not magic cards, just Just dirty old playing cards in one of those big metal boat shipping containers. Yo. With a bunch of carnies. Oh my God. Not like Andrea Mangucci in them, not like the carnies. Not the carnies with a C. (laughs) Yeah, they operated the carnival and they lived on premises. Oh my God, Kyle, I think they may have been indentured servants. (laughs) <laughs> I just realized this because no, like all of them got deported like that whole squad that we hung out with and they lived in a shipping container behind the carnival. Did you ever think... see them leave the carnival? No, we always went there to hang out because they weren't allowed to leave. Oh, my. Oh, my God. Yeah, I think you're right. Oh, fuck. Oh, my God. This episode's getting dark. <laughs> Darker. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. I don't the... think I can recover from this. We went from Pinkertons to Jerry Seinfeld acid trip to Carney Slap. Yeah, man, those are really cool folks, too. I really liked <laughs> hanging out with them. Oh, my God. No, we snuck one of them out and then she was gone. We never saw her again. We just got told that she got deported. Oh, no, that's even worse. Oh, my God. Her bones are definitely under the Keensburg boardwalk. That's they definitely haunting. killed her and buried her in the sand. Oh, my God. It's like the premise of the horrible ho- horror movie that is. Fuck your life. My God. Yeah, but we did get to try before anybody did. I don't know what that is. Oh, it was a synthetic um, that people make in Mountain Dew bottles is like real popular in Eastern Europe. <laughs> we were trendsetters. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Us yeah, and of the course Ukrainian indentured servants. The stories that you have. You should just write a memoir. All right. Let's play a goddamn guessing game. I'm real sad. <laughs> All right. We want. We're turning into the sad horse show. <laughs> All right, but for the guessing game, we're going to try try to bring it back. Uh, probably not, because uh, this one, we're just calling it FBI Open Up, because we're just going to talk about... Is that like a sex thing? And it can be. 20 bucks is got? 20 bucks, yeah. But we're just going to guess each other's cards that we think... Uh, just cards we think are cops. It's pretty simple. Police is a format that, that comes up a lot in Magic. I got one. I don't know if you got one, but oh, I got one. Oh, okay. Want me to go first? Yeah, let me get your guess yours. All right. She's definitely a cop on Innistrad. Nahiri. 
No, but uh, th- she was at the Hell Vault when Gristlebrand came out. Oh, is it Avacyn? No, no. the third is it one of the angels. Is it Blossom, Buttercup, or Bubbles? It's none of the angels. It's none of the Powerpuff angels. <laughs> she can't fly. Oh, is it Thalia? Yes, Thalia is a Yo, cop. Fuck that card. Yeah, correct. Yeah, I love that card so much. But Thalia is a cop. Outside of Magic gameplay, no. Thalia's out here snitching on people. Inside of Magic gameplay, Thalia's a fucking cop. She keeps me from having any goddamn fun in Mono Green. Oh, okay. Okay. She doesn't keep you from having fun. She just makes it a little inconvenient. Because I have seen you way too many fucking times beat Mono White humans with a Thalia on turn two. Too many fucking times. (laughs) Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, but like your devotion requirement goes up from 14 to 17 just to do your basic loop. And if the Thalia they have in play is Heretic Cathar, you also need an extra Kiora to go through that. Yeah, very true. Stupid. Garbage card. Thalia's gonna. <laughs> I hope if they ban Fable, they should ban Thalia too. They won't. No. Because they just they don't, don't want you to have fun, obviously. They have no fun. All yeah. right. All right. I've got a good one. Okay. And I've got two hints. Neither of which are going to be particularly helpful. I'll make it three From you? That's shocking. All (laughs) right. One is that it is a staple in French Commander. Fuck. That doesn't help me at all. (laughs) Two is that I played it in a cat tribal deck, and I was allowed to include it on a technicality. It's Cataclysm, isn't it? Yeah. Boom, got there. I fucking knew it. It was the cat on a technicality that did it. Wow, I did not peg that as being a very helpful hint. A technicality, it has cat in the name. Yep, I say, that is I correct. say count it. I say count it. But yeah, oh my God, that fucking card. I feel yeah. like just white as a color is just the cop. They kind of are, right? They're just yeah. like telling they... you what you can and can't do. Oh, stop peeing in that gas tank. Get out of here. You're not allowed to lick this abandoned chemical factory wall. <laughs> this is a hospital. You can't post a raven here. Why not? The lighting's perfect. Yeah. The stench of death really pairs well with this knockoff. Thank you very much. Also, all the blinking lights and stuff and the beep boops. Yeah. Especially yeah. when you hear that long drawn out one. That's the best. <laughs> Yeah, that's my favorite one. Um, I think that song is particularly a bop. But only in Minecraft. like a flat line. But in Minecraft. Minecraft. Just in Minecraft. But I will say, Thalia may be a cop, but, you know, she's broadening her horizons and she's getting a little cooler. She hung out with the frog monster. I'm not saying she's quitting the force or anything, but, you know, maybe. Or the Gitrog monster does eat her. If hanging out with a frog makes you not a cop, then I am furious about the plot of Princess and the Frog. I felt like the frogs were very anti-state in that movie. I feel like any animal character in any Disney movie is just always like that. Ferngully was Disney. I believe it was not Disney. Okay, that makes more sense because like the protagonists were just like eco-terrorists, basically. They're just like, fuck big business, get out of my forest. <laughs> yeah, God bless. Love that movie. Yeah, it's A-plus film. I really liked that the main problem with that movie that I have conceptually as a children's movie is that they gave Tim Curry that song and just made him too sexy. <laughs> too sexy, Tim Curry. 
that is there's too much leave, leave some for the rest of us <laughs> if you grew up in the generation where fern gully was like part of the zeitgeist how do you compete with that just like no you just don't yeah. tim Curry <laughs> was too sexy man what do you If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like and subscribe. It helps us out a ton and makes it easier for other players like you to hear what we have to say. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, Stitcher, Spotify, Peanut.fm, and iHeartRadio. One of those was not real, but we'll never tell. It was Peanut, wasn't it? Oh, shut the fuck up.